On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a couple of call-ups and recap a bad day for closers. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops for Monday, May 24th. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, we're going to dig back a couple of days to kick off this show because, uh, you know, sometimes when we're doing the Monday show here, the big news isn't from Sunday. Uh, in this case, uh, maybe the biggest news is from Friday after we did our Friday show. Kind of a big trade. Uh, Willie Adamas and Trevor Richards going from Tampa Bay to Milwaukee, going the other way. Pitchers JP Pfizer, Fire, excuse me, JP Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen. So, of course, the biggest name in this trade wasn't in the trade. <laughs> I guess I should say biggest names. Uh, that backlog of Ray's middle infielders, yep. but it was Taylor Walls getting the call up. So, how surprised were you? Uh, you know, I, I don't paint myself to be a prospect expert, and the people who do and uh, deserve to be painted as that actually indicated that they thought it was going to be Walls and, and not Wander Franco. So uh, I, I will uh, take their lead and say that it was not the most surprising thing in the world. It appears that maybe the Rays are waiting for Super 2, even though Super 2 might not be a thing anymore in the very near future uh, before they call up Franco. So, hey, Taylor Walls uh, has uh, got a couple of starts, three for eight. In those few starts, I think Willie Adames is an interesting piece going back to Milwaukee, mostly because Milwaukee's only making this trade if they're going to play Adames every day. I wonder what the downstream effect of that is, maybe on a guy like Keston Hira, and when he's going to get the call back to the majors. Obviously, he's been playing mostly first base, but can obviously mix in at the middle infield positions. It's an interesting trade on both sides, uh, and uh, you know it'll be fun to watch it play out for both of these teams over the next month or so. Yeah, and let's not uh, sleep on the uh, uh, pitchers going yeah. going to the Rays. Uh, Fire Eyes and getting a save on Sunday. So uh, at Toronto, uh, now we don't want to read too much into that because Diego Castillo and Peter Fairbanks had been used, I believe, it was three times in the previous four days. So uh, certainly a, a heavy usage for those two. But Fire Eyes and in the mix. So pretty cool to see that as well. Uh, all right, let's get on to some other more recent news and notes. Uh, Jacob deGrom is slated to return to the Mets rotation on Tuesday to face the Rockies at City Field. Nice matchup, nice venue there for deGrom. Not that it matters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kenta Maeda to the uh, IL after uh, a lot of back and forth here with the groin strain that he has been experiencing. So they just finally put him on the IL. Uh, don't look too deep in the system there for a replacement because Michael Pineda was expected to have a short stint on the IL. Uh, he should be back to take uh, the turn in the rotation for the Twins on Wednesday against the Orioles. Kendall Graveman is somebody we've been talking about quite a bit on the show the last couple of weeks, and uh, so very unfortunate to see he is now on the IL uh, for undisclosed reasons. Um, so no, no other information there at, at this stage, but uh, obviously not in the mix there for uh, saves for Seattle. Framil Reyes 
to the IL with an oblique strain. And another call up here, uh, Michael, that is pretty interesting. Didn't get quite the attention of uh, Walls getting called up. But Owen Miller coming up for Cleveland started in place of Reyes at designated hitter against the Twins on Sunday. Was tearing it up at AAA Columbus. Mostly BABIP driven, a 406 batting average, uh, but a couple of homers. So did you try to get Miller anywhere this weekend? I did not try to get Miller anywhere this weekend. Deep leagues, AL only league, sure, I could see going after him. Otherwise, I'm not too excited. I'm not trying to go too aggressive for him. But this is a long injury. Five to seven weeks they're expecting Fran Mill to be out. So Owen Miller definitely appears like he's going to have a shot at being something of a regular for Cleveland. Yeah, so I think in those deeper leagues, again, where it's hard to just define somebody with a regular right. role, it looks like right. Miller's walking right into that. So uh, it must add if he can still be added at this point. Uh, Victor Robles to the IL with a right ankle sprain. So we've had Andrew Stevenson filling in in center field for the Nationals uh, the last few games. And let's get to the closer scene here because it was kind of a rough Sunday in that regard. Uh, Hansel Robles, Michael Fulmer, Tyler Chatwood, all blowing saves on Sunday, and then probably the the two names that we'd be most interested in uh, on this list of closers that didn't do so well, uh, James Karinchak and Alex Reyes didn't blow saves, but came in, actually, I think in both cases, in the 10th inning, top of the 10th inning, uh, pitching for their respective home teams and taking the loss. So, And, and then in a kind of a topsy-turvy world here, Daniel Bard got a save against the Diamondbacks, and he's been really good. Uh, ever since looking like he was on the verge of losing that job, just one earned run allowed over his last nine innings with 13 strikeouts. So I'm not sure that there's anything actionable there, but obviously mm-hmm. we'll be watching those closely to see if maybe somebody can emerge uh, with some consistency uh, for those teams. All right, well, let's take a look at, well, what would normally be Sunday standouts, but mm-hmm. let's uh, break this out to weekend standouts. Weekend standouts, because... <laughs> I like it. A <laughs> couple of performances on Saturday that I think are really worth taking note of. Scott Casimir, first performance, First performance, first appearance since 2016 for the Giants, and a good one. I mean, we really love to see this. Uh, Casimir, 37 years old, making another comeback. Uh, four innings against the Dodgers. Tough matchup. Uh, and if you don't believe that, to talk to Anthony Desclafani, uh, who... <laughs> Followed Casimir then on Sunday and didn't fare nearly as well. Casimir, uh, four innings, just one run allowed, just a couple of strikeouts. But, you know, hey, uh, against the Dodgers, really encouraging performance there. So uh, where where do we try to go out and add Scott Casimir at this point? Probably nowhere. It's an awesome story. Everyone's going to be pulling for him, uh, see how much more is left in that arm and get one more comeback out of him. But I just don't think it's going to be something that really trickles down to the fantasy world as having a significant impact. So uh, I am not interested in Scott Casper as a fantasy player, as a personal story. I love this and I love seeing him back in a mount. Yeah, no, I do too. I think everybody does. Uh, and then Denelson Lamette, he's, of course, been in the bullpen now for a little while and just an absolutely dominant performance against the Mariners. And yes, you know, insert your comment there, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, Mariners definitely maligned so far this season offensively, but uh, three scoreless innings of relief, five strikeouts, nine swinging strikes out of just 41 pitches. So truly a dominant performance for Lamette. Uh, I don't even want to speculate at this point when and if he'll go back to the rotation. I think it's probably more when than if. But do you find that Lamette's got value just in this role for however long he has it? I think he does. Uh, You know, I've got him on one team. Excuse me. I was obviously expecting him to be a starter. I've been holding on to him because of those two things. Because, A, I do think he gets back in the rotation. I am with you there, too. It's a when, not if. But, B, 
I mean, if he's going to go out and make these multi-inning relief appearances and give you more than a strikeout per inning in those, like there's going to be some value there. There's going to be some vultured wins potentially there that could be finishing off games and getting a save potentially there. Who knows if they end up using him like that, but the ratios are going to be there. The strikeouts are going to be there. No one doubts the guy's stuff. He's just got to find a way to stay healthy. The Padres need to find a way to keep his arm strong, so I think it's smart that they're treating him this way for now. Whether it's in this role or back as a starter, he does have fantasy value for the 2021 season. All right, and uh, let's go to some Sunday performances, just a a handful of them. Cody Petit for the Marlins, really stepping up in, you know, what what would appear to be a short-term role, you know, basically a a seat warmer, but uh, seven scoreless innings against the Mets, three hits, no walks, four strikeouts, and so now totaling three starts covering 17 innings for Petit, just Two runs allowed, 13 strikeouts, two walks, just one homer allowed. He gets the the Red Sox this week at Fenway Park uh, this weekend, I should say, on Friday. Uh, so obviously a tough matchup, one of the tougher ones he could have. Is he even worth a try in AL-only leagues? I don't think or so. Or yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think with, the, with that matchup against Boston, I mean, are, are, are you really going to trot him out there? So now you're talking about picking him up. For a matchup that you either don't like or you feel desperate throwing him out there, and then who knows how long he holds on to this role. Uh, it's been a nice little uh, run for him, but that's more descriptive than predictive. I'm staying away. All right. And a couple of hitters who, by the way, have very, very similar roster numbers uh, on the major sites. Austin Riley and Kyle Schwerber, both very, very hot right now. Riley with... Uh, a couple of homers on Sunday. Uh, he's up to nine on the season, a 320 average, but a 421 batting average on balls in play. Uh, but, you know, that said, let's n- not overlook the fact that he's really a different hitter so far this year. Much less aggressive, uh, better contact rate. Uh, he is rostered on 77% of the leagues in CBS, 69% on both ESPN and Yahoo. Schwarber also 77% on CBS, 68% on ESPN, a little less popular on Yahoo, only 55%. Schwarber homered on Sunday as well, his eighth homer of the year against the Orioles. And since May 9th, so a couple of weeks going back for Schwarber, hitting 302 with six home runs. Uh, who do you like better going forward? Or actually, let me rephrase it, Michael. Uh, if you've got either one of them, is this a, a time to to sell high on them, or uh, is this a time to just uh, basically build around them and, and keep them in your lineup? Um, when I when I approach a sell high conversation, I'm basically thinking about it as you know this possibly can't last. I don't think that's necessarily the case for either Riley or Schwarber. Now, I do think that. Putting them out there in trade discussions while they're hot makes sense if you've got a, needs to address elsewhere. Uh, but I think, you know, Schwarber's been this sort of guy his entire career. He's going to get on base. He's going to draw a ton of walks. He's going to hit homers. I mean, that's just what Kyle Schwarber does. So I think we should take this recent performance at face value. As you mentioned, Austin Riley, just a, a very different hitter this year. He's not super aggressive. He's making more contact. Sure, the BABIP's high, but he's hitting the ball hard. He, you know, he's at a seventy. He's in the seventy-six percentile of hard hit rate, seventy-seventh percentile of barrel rate. You know, those aren't you know deep red stat cast numbers, but they're red. They're good. So you're gonna have a higher BABIP when you're hitting the ball hard with consistency, as Riley is. Yes, I could see why you make him available, but this isn't a, a situation where you where I'm feeling like these guys are way over their head. I got to trade now while I can, because they're going to come crashing back to earth. These guys are these types of hitters. They're going to be streaky. And I really think that they can be 
important pieces on big-time contending fantasy teams. All right. Well, let's look ahead to Monday. Some really interesting uh, streamers for for your rotation to take a look at. Uh, Kwang Hyung Kim at the White Sox. Lance Lynn going for them. So not really a great matchup, but Kim's been really good and consistent. Five straight starts with just one earned run allowed, although none of them have gone as deep as six full innings. Ryan Yarbrough at Toronto, uh, and they'll be uh, having Ross Stripling on the mound. Spencer Turnbull, he of the no-hitter. Now, <laughs> we think. <laughs> uh, he uh, will get Cleveland, and uh, Hench is uh, making the start for them. Austin Gomber, been a topic of discussion here on previous episodes. He gets the Mets at City Field. And Matt Shoemaker, who I've not really had a lot of, of positive things to say about from a fantasy perspective so far this year. But he has had a few good starts of late, and he gets the Orioles, which is nice. Uh, unfortunately, Orioles will be going with John Means, so a win might be tough to get there. But Kim, Yarbrough, Turnbull, Gomber, Shoemaker, who do you like today? Turnbull and Gomber stand out for me. Um, it, it, Turnbull just, uh, you know, he's, I mean, he, we know what the ceiling is. We've seen it on full display this season. And that Cleveland lineup without Fran Mill Reyes, it's not like a, a total dog of a lineup. There's still some guys you got to be worried about, but it's not the most intimidating lineup. Uh, not really the lineup that could afford to lose one of its best players. And so uh, that was, that. that's one that just doesn't scare me at all. Gomber against the banged up Mets, also a lineup that's not really intimidating anyone right now. I'm staying away from both Kim and Yarbrough. I just hate those matchups. Um, I think that they could both get into trouble going up against the offenses they're facing. Shoemaker, I'm kind of wishy-washy on. If you want to do it, go for it. Uh, you know, Obviously, it's not a bad spot against Baltimore. I'm not sure I'm jumping on board with that on a Monday, too. But I think Turnbull and Gomber, th- those are thumbs-up uh, streams for sure. Yeah, agreement with you on those. All right, well, let's look even farther ahead at the week and some of the matchups in terms of series. The Rangers, I would argue they might have the best matchups this week for their hitters. Uh, they start off with a couple of games at the Angels, and you know it's not like they're, they're going to be getting easy starters to face uh, Otani and Cobb, but that bullpen, once you get to the bullpen, anything can happen. And then four at Seattle. So overall, pretty nice matchups for the Rangers hitters. Let's go to some teams with some tough matchups. Uh, the Phillies, and not only tough matchups, but tough venues for them. Phillies go to, uh, I almost said Marlins Park. I, it's Home Depot Park now, I believe. Uh, four games there. And of course, that Marlins staff is, uh, is is really tough. And then a couple of games at the Trop. Uh, so a couple of tough staffs, a couple of tough parks for the Phillies. Astros have a five-game week, and it is brutal. Two against the Dodgers, three against the Padres, and here's the gauntlet that those hitters have to run. Kershaw, Bauer, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. Man, that just can be fun, that Houston five games that they're <laughs> going to play with. The way that lineup has been hitting, going up against those five pitchers and just those teams, none of us would be surprised if we were looking at an Astros-Dodgers or an Astros-Padres World Series in a couple of months. So that's just going to be a very fun team to have as your MLB TV go-to team of the week, I think. Uh, that is a good call, Michael Beller. I appreciate that. Uh, so with that said, uh, we will wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And if you do have a chance to rate and review this podcast, we thank you in advance for doing so. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. <laughs>